Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. Today our church celebrates the great holy day of All Saints Day. Now in my family, I was the youngest of 11 children, and the firstborn of our family was my big brother. And the rest of us kids, we looked up to him. Primarily, we watched him to learn what was acceptable behavior, basically what we could get away with from mom and dad. But also we learned from him behavior that would not be tolerated by either mom or dad. But it took it a step further. We watched our big brother. He was kind of the role model for us all. He was the one that kind of set the tone. He was the one person that we looked up to as far as good behavior. Now, for him, I'm sure it wasn't easy, as it is for all firstborn of the family. You know, they basically have that responsibility and duty that they're born into. I'm sure it's probably a dirty deal for them. But as being the firstborn of the family, they are looked upon as setting the examples. They have to be the models for the other children to watch as far as their behavior. More importantly, the firstborn of the family has specific duties and functions. When mom and dad are gone, it is always the older brother that, or sister that assumes the role of babysitting or taking care of the younger children. So we looked up to our big brother. Now I'm sure for most families that's the same dynamic. Whoever it is, whether it's a girl or a boy that's born first, they are now the big brother or big sister for the rest of their siblings. They are looked upon to set the example for good behavior. And they have the duties and the responsibilities thrust upon them for taking care of the rest of the kids, for babysitting. Now, that being the case, I think that's exactly what we celebrate here today in our church, All Saints Day. We celebrate our spiritual big brothers and big sisters. Now, granted, we're not related to them by blood, no, but importantly, we are related to them by baptism. As I've said many times before, at the moment of our baptism, we became the adopted sons and daughters of God the Father, brothers and sisters of Jesus Christ. Therefore, we are all brothers and sisters through baptism. There forms the relationship that we have with the saints. They are our spiritual big brothers and big sisters. They set the tone for all of us. They set an example for all of us to emulate in the spiritual life. And see, that's a genuineness that we share with our saints. As our spiritual big brothers and sisters, we look upon them as role models to live out our faith. Now, one of the things that I love about our saints is that they lived out their faith in many different ways, according to their personalities, their characteristics, and their skills and abilities. You know, for a long time I've been preaching that each and every one of us has different skills, talents, abilities. We are to use them for the service of God and others in this world. Well, the saints did just that. 
but they did it in their own way. And that's what made them so strangely eclectic. If you look at the saints in our church, and there are thousands of them, they are a very eclectic group. They're very different. You know, on one side, you have a St. Thomas Aquinas, one of the greatest minds the church ever produced, let alone the world, an incredibly intelligent man. And at the same time, you have a St. John Vianney, who failed out of two seminaries because of academics. In fact, he begged the bishop to ordain him. The bishop reluctantly ordained John Vianney and then sent him to a broken-down old parish because he figured John Vianney didn't have the intellect to take care of a real parish. And yet we all know what happened. John Vianney turned that parish around, and it became an incredible wealth of spirituality for not just the parish, but for the entire diocese around it. In fact, John Vianney became the patron saint of parish priests. Again, you have this eclectic group. You have a St. Joan of Arc, who was a military general. She commanded divisions, you know, thousands of men to go and fight to liberate France. And at the same time, you have a St. Francis of Assisi, who constantly preached peace and love and went into the woods and spoke to the animals. So it is a very strange group, but they lived out their faith and they devoted their lives to God in their own way. And I think that's the great lesson we can learn from this. We can live out our faith life in our own way, based upon our personalities, our skills and abilities. St. Thomas Aquinas once said, the goal of every Catholic, to be a saint. Maybe not a capital S saint, in which we're canonized by the Pope, but I would say maybe a small case S, in which we are a saint in our own right. We live out our faith to the best of our abilities every day of our life, and we try to emulate the saints in holiness. Now, what I want to do is I want to give a few examples of saints, what they did, and what we can learn from them. First, we'll start with St. Catherine of Siena, one of my favorite saints. St. Catherine was the 23rd child born in her family. At a very early age, when she was a teenager, she joined the Dominican Third Order. Now, one of the gifts that God gave her was being a mystic. And a mystic was a person that when they prayed, they were able to communicate with the divine. Now, if you ever get a chance, please read the book, The Dialogue, written by St. Catherine of Siena herself. And it's basically just that, her dialoguing with God about many different issues, about the Trinity, the true presence of Christ in the Eucharist, spirituality, whatever it may be. And so, she used that ability to help others. Another thing about St. Catherine, she had a great way of caring for people. Legend has it that St. Catherine would go into people's homes and literally care for people, days, weeks, and months on end. That's why St. Catherine of Siena is the patron saint of nurses who do the same thing. More to it, after a while, St. Catherine of Siena had a group of people that followed her around because they were naturally drawn into her spirit of holiness. She just exuded this wonderful spirit of holiness, and these people were drawn to it. No matter what she did, whether it was praying, going to Mass, or caring for people, these people followed her. They wanted the same thing that St. Catherine had, which was that great divine gift of holiness. Next, we have Joan of Arc. She lived in the 15th century in France. She joined the army and was raised rather quickly in rank, 
to the rank of general. She commanded thousands of men under her. And in a place called Orleans in France, she met the British. And it was there that she won a decisive battle against the British, who invaded the country of France in order to dominate it and turn it into a colony. Furthermore, she won subsequent battles against the British and drove them out of France and liberated the country of France so that the people of France would know true freedom and liberty. Now, legend has it that St. Joan of Arc, before she went into any battle, she would spend hours kneeling before the Blessed Sacrament. Now, she didn't pray for her own protection or that she would survive the battle. No, what she prayed for was the people of France, that in this battle they would be liberated from the yoke and the tyranny of the English people. And so she did just that. And she successfully liberated the French people and the country. Now, what we can take from St. Joan of Arc, our big sister, is that we too can summon the courage you know, to fight Fight for the things that we believe in. You know, fight for the teachings of the church. But most importantly, fight for those people that can't fight for themselves, that are defenseless, especially the unborn. How about St. Jerome? In the 4th century, he made his way to Bethlehem. And it was there that he was divinely inspired by God to translate the Bible from Greek to Latin. Now you would say, well, big deal. Well, the Bible was originally written in Greek. And yet, St. Jerome lived in the Roman Empire. And the Roman Empire basically was the entire civilized world. And the language, the most popular language spoken in the empire, wasn't Greek, it was Latin. So, St. Jerome realized if he translated the Bible from Greek to Latin, more people would be able to read it, see and understand who God was, and be converted. So, he spent years translating the Bible. And eventually, he did just that. He translated the Bible, became widely promulgated throughout the empire, and many people converted to Christianity and came to know who Jesus was and believe in him. St. Jerome, I often give you that quote from him. He often said, Ignorance of Scripture is ignorance of Christ. If we don't know the Bible, we don't know who God is. So what can we take from our big brother, St. Jerome? Well, constantly growing in the knowledge of Scripture so we can come to know who God is. How old St. Catherine Drexel, our own saint? She's the first United States-born saint. She was born in the 1880s in Philadelphia into a very wealthy and prominent family. At an early age, both of her parents died, and it, she inherited a sum of $30 million. Now, St. Catherine traveled in the parts of the United States as the Southwest and the South, and her eyes were opened up to the plight of the Native American Indians and the African Americans on how they had little access to education as well as health care. Well, she went to Rome and she had a special audience with the Pope and she begged the Pope to send religious orders to help the Native Americans here in the United States. And the Pope said to St. Catherine, no, you do it. And so she did just that. She came to the United States and established her own order, the Sisters of the Blessed Sacrament. And they did just that. They established schools and clinics and hospitals for the Native Americans and African Americans. Now, St. Catherine of Drexel, she took that $30 million back then, which equates to, in our day and age, probably hundreds of millions of dollars, maybe billions of dollars, and she gave it all away. 
She gave it all away to build clinics and schools for these people. The most famous school that we know of is Xavier University in New Orleans. So now what can we take from our big sister, St. Catherine? Well, the importance of recognizing our responsibility to care for the poor. How about St. Augustine? One of my favorite saints. St. Augustine lived in the 4th century, present-day northern Africa, primarily Libya, what we would refer to. Now, St. Augustine lived a life of debauchery before his conversion. He was a drunkard. He was a womanizer. He fostered at least one child, if not more, out of wedlock. He was a wild man. His mother, St. Monica, prayed for him every day for his conversion. Well, one day, hearing the homily of St. Anselm, his life was changed forever. He converted to Christianity, later on became a priest, and then Bishop of Hippo. But he also became one of the greatest theologians of our church. His writings are writings that we still study today, almost 2,000 years later. In fact, St. Augustine was the first person to do work, written work on the Holy Trinity. His book was the very first on the Holy Trinity, called De Trinitat. And so what can we take from our big brother, St. Augustine? That we must always grow in the knowledge of our faith. Whether we're eight years old or 80 years old, we must constantly be forming ourselves in our faith. One last person, Mother Teresa. You know, she is the saint of our day and age. We all know her. At a very early age, she contracted TB, tuberculosis, as a nun. She was making her way to a clinic that her own order ran to be cured. On the way, she was inspired by God, and God told her to establish her own order to care for the poor, and she did just that. She created her order, which were called the Missionaries of Charity, and their primary mission was to care for the poor of this world. And so they went into the worst ghettos and slums of the entire world and established their convents and clinics and schools. There they cared for the poor, the dying, and the destitute. Mother Teresa would always tell her nuns every day, do little things, but do them with great love. She said, you know, whether you put a Band-Aid on a a little boy's skin knee or whether you are feeding an infant that is starving to death, or you're simply holding the hand of a person that's dying as you sit there at their bedside. You do something that's very little, but you do it with great love. And when you do that, you bring Christ to those people that need it the most. Well, what can we take from our big sister, Mother Teresa? You know, to awaken, you know, ourselves and our duties and our responsibilities to care for the poor, the dying, and the hungry of this world, and to do it with great love. And see, this is what we can learn from this feast of All Saints Day. The saints are our big brothers and sisters, our spiritual big brothers and sisters. They give us an example. They teach us how to live out our faith, but in our own way, according to our own personality, our own skills and abilities. And then when we do that, we can be small case saints ourselves. And may the peace and the grace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.